episode five, I think. Five. Of, of Pods in the Key of Springfield. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to take more words than that. Why would I? <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. Hey, question straight off the bat. Question without notice. Yeah, sure. Um, have you had in the last week a Simpsons based or related or inspired interaction? Well, um, the phrase democracy simply doesn't work has come up quite a bit this week. <laughs> oh, any, any reason why? Uh, no reason, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> nothing that I can think of off the top of my head, you know. Things are pretty good in the world. But Have you been saying it in the, the Brockman cadence too? Should I should I clarify that things are not okay, or have we oh, done no. that in previous episodes? Oh, no, I think I think our listeners well and truly understand that things are not okay. <laughs> I think by episode five, they well and truly know our personal politics. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Good phrase. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I had a really simple one. Uh, one of my friends sent me a text message with a typo in it. And I replied with, to obtain a special dialing one, please mash the keypad with your palm now. You petulant piece of shit. What was the, <laughs> what was the typo? It was really minor. They put a, <laughs> sorry, I've now realized I have to explain myself and I'm literally the worst. They put a, put a question mark instead of an exclamation mark. And I accused them. Jesus Christ. I accused them in return of having fa- Hands that were too fat to function their phone. Oh, that's horrible. How good of a friend is this? Oh, I don't like this new segment. Is, <laughs> is this like a really close friend that you can get away with that with? No. I'm like really, a casual acquaintance? I've really stitched myself up there. I did not think that through. I thought that you'd just go, oh, that's a nice Simpsons related anecdote. And then we'd move on. Do they know what the Simpsons is, this person? <clears throat> I imagine they Have do. Have you run the reference by oh, them? I had a girl in a bar use, uh, 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 sorry, a I woman. I once had a girl in a bar. <laughs> or should I say? She once had me. At what bar. point does copyright law kick? Um, <laughs> no, nah, that's fine. How many parody? Can we sing the entirety of Norwegian Wood? Because I really like that song. Do you want me to get my guitar? No. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, come on. You once Thanks, had a girl jerk. at a bar. Um, no, uh, um, a bar woman used The Simpsons to um, find out my age. Because I was wearing one of my shirts. Uh, you've seen my purple Springfield isotope shirt. I sure have. And she said, that's a Simpsons reference, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it's the baseball company. <laughs> team. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been a long day. It's the baseball team. And she was like, yeah, yeah, how good is the Simpsons? Oh, but your era of the Simpsons would be the same era as mine, wouldn't it? And I was like, well, what? She's like, you know, the the old stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I definitely know the old stuff better than the, the, the new stuff. And she's like, yeah, yeah, me too. So you're like 25 like me? Oh, God, no, I'm 30. <laughs> anyway, well, I don't know what the- Did I, I sent you that picture the other day of that review I saw in JB Hi-Fi, didn't I, where they were writing a little review of The Simpsons, you know, how JB Hi-Fi does those little cards under the DVDs yeah. with the little yeah. reviews. And they wrote the reviews saying seasons one to ten are perfect. And then they had a quote that was outside of those seasons, I think. It was, uh, uh, I can't see through metal, Kent. It was uh, like the quote they picked is like the showcase for how good The Simpsons was. Uh, and sorry if that person is somehow listening. Just uh, seemed like an odd choice to me. Odd choice for a couple of reasons. Yep. Is that a season one to ten quote? I don't believe so. And is it a particularly... I mean, I know this is subjective, but is it a particularly good or representative quote? Well, I, just, I don't think Arnie Pye is the first character that I think of when I've I often think of a of, popular show, The um, Magnificent Simpson Family. I've often thought of Arnie Pye as the sixth Simpson. Yeah, sure you are, Apu. Uh, should, we, um, should we talk about the thing that we're meant to talk about <laughs> on this, the podcast that we have? You mean The Simpsons? Sure. All right. Well, sorry for the sudden change in topic, but we're going to talk about The Simpsons now. So the two episodes we watched tonight, oh. the, the first one, the Telltale Head. You want me to take the lead on this one? I'd really appreciate if you could. <laughs> My note taking tonight was very scarce. So the um, we'll start with the chalkboard gag, as I like to for these yeah, episodes. Sure, sure. The chalkboard gag on this one is, I did not see Elvis. Here's my question. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Is the, so generally the chalkboard references, we can presume that Bark, Bark, Bart played, God, we can presume that Bart has played one of his funny little pranks and that's what, and, and, and the chalkboard gag is a related punishment. So, on the scale of Bart's pranking, pretending he saw Elvis is pretty tame. Is Bart having hallucinations that are being chastised by the that he's being chastised for that would explain a lot of the entire show i think wouldn't that explain a lot of the entire show because for him to just like you know oh simpson is that you pretending you've seen elvis again oh yes sir that's that's not that's not the el bato hellraiser that we've come to know and love i mean at this point we have established multiple parts where the simpsons could break into a death dream (laughs) In which case, seeing Elvis. As a matter of fact, I be believe I believe that's your pet theory at this stage, <laughs> the death dream theory. I think so. I've got a few theories knocking about. We'll get into some of them in this episode, I'm sure. Okay. Or is my my option B for the chalkboard gag? Are they just making Bart write facts? I did not see Elvis. <laughs> and then next month is going to be I have not walked on the moon because that also seems like an odd punishment. Is there, I mean, is there any possibility there's a kid at Springfield called Elvis? Maybe he died in some sort of, like, river rafting accident, and now Bart has claimed to see his ghost? I don't I know. I like how super specific a river rafting accident is. And maybe the furthest you could get from anything that Elvis Presley ever did. Yeah, I mean, he died in a toilet. That's pretty near water. True. And, uh, and yeah, my other line of thought is maybe it's the um the cat from My Favourite Murder, that other podcast we listened to. <laughs> Which might be too inside a reference for people. Everyone's listened to that podcast. Everyone's right now, listened though, to so. that podcast. I used to hold myself high. After you introduced me to it, I was like, yeah, I'm listening to this rad niche little thing. It's no longer niche. No, it is uh, It is everywhere. Hey, it Karen. Hey, Georgia. Yeah. Um. Bye. Yeah, if you, I'm sure they're going to hear this shout out. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. We like your podcast. It's good. So the first line of this episode. Yeah. Homer and Bart. Oh, yeah. Walking along. With the head of the statue of Jebediah Springfield. The very first line is Homer saying, uh, when I was your age, I pulled a few boners. What do yeah. you make of this? Yeah. I like to think, because we've talked before about this line in a previous watch through, I actually have developed a pet theory where, because obviously this episode starts with like a, um, a, a cold open and then a flashback to the start of the story, right? We see hmm. the, the end of the story and then it goes back to the start. Yeah. I like to imagine that on the walk to the central square, Bart's done all the explanation he can do about, um, Jebediah Springfield and cutting off the head, the head off the statue. And now he's just gone, well, since I'm bearing my soul to my father, I may as well say, oh, by the way, also, this happened in the locker room the other day. Yeah. Well, is he pulling his own boner? Is he pulling... I don't know. How oh, much see, should we be talking about this, really? When when Homer says it, I always assumed that they were boners of third parties. Okay. Because does anyone... Does anyone use the word boner to mean mistake? I think maybe they did back when this was airing. Who can say? Huh. At what age should you start pulling boners? What? You I'm got not, me. I'm not talking about that on the podcast. All right, well, we'll save that for the um the adults only edition. So, sorry to sorry to no end you there, but so this the start of this episode, we see this uh, this furious mob that has formed is chasing down Bart and Homer. Can I throw in an adjective? Can I say inexplicably furious? Inexplicably furious, inexplicably formed. Every nothing about this makes much sense. <laughs> nothing about it's explicable. But I watch as we try to explicate it. How many times so far in this show have the Simpsons' lives been in fairly serious danger? Oh, and it's always over weird... It's always fucking uh, bullshit. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Season one is... Obviously, it's a cartoon show. Obviously, it's not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We get it. We get it. Unlike most TV shows, we should pick real things that actually happened. Of course. Yeah. Everything's a documentary these days. But... um, And the events occur. In real time. Season one is... when It's jarringly heightened when you go back to it. Yeah. Like, Homer's covered in mud, so everyone assumes he's a supernatural being. Uh, some stupid statue was defaced, and now everyone wants to kill a ten-year-old boy. Homer becomes a local town icon by putting up a few signs. Putting up a few signs. It's 
so jarringly heightened. That's the phrase that I used before, and I'm using it again. Jarringly heightened. So the the mob chases them. They go back. They have a little flashback, and the rest of the episode is Bart recounting how he reached the decision to chop off the head of a statue, which is somehow the entire plot of this episode, except there's a little subplot about Homer wanting to buy a bowling ball that doesn't really go anywhere. But uh, just a, a few things throughout this episode that struck me. Early on, we see the Simpsons go to church. Sure. I... Is this the first reference to them being a fairly religious family, I think? Ooh, I reckon you're probably right. I I really enjoyed the scene in the Sunday school where the kids are sitting around and they're asking the questions. And all of the questions are about the conditions of getting into either heaven or hell, where the Mm -hmm. animals can get in, whether somebody who's lost a leg, I think it is, will be reunited with that leg in heaven. Yep. And to me... When you're when you're a kid, that's really the only part of religion that matters at all, isn't it? Is <laughs> the, the the moral the moral question of uh, what you need to do to ultimately gain to heaven? Like the rest of it, or I think doesn't really matter that much. I think, and maybe I'm I'm showing the tendencies here that eventually led me to leave all kinds of religion. But I think what the kids are actually trying to do is how much can I get away with and still end up with the result of getting into heaven. Just don't be a monkey. Just, don't, just don't be a monkey. Not even one of those smart ones that lives among us. Not even one of the ones that smokes or rides roller skates. Yep. Yep. Cool. Do you smoke or ride roller skates, by the way? Only on Sundays. Okay. Monkey Sundays. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so, a large part of this episode is uh, it's revolving around Bart wanting to go and watch uh, Space Mutants Four. The fourth movie in the Venerable Space Mutants franchise. Sure. What do you think happens in the first three films? We see a little bit of four. It's a bit of a campy, silly film. Do you think the implication here is that the Space Mutants franchise to have reached four films started out as a sort of prestige piece of cinema? Maybe it was like a start in the 70s with John Carpenter, and then the second one was sort of like a silly, like Sam Raimi sort of a parody funny film. Then the third one went a bit off the rails, and now the fourth one is like a campy throwback, a bit of fun again, and there's a bit of a critical <laughs> return to form. And Well, these are definitely all movie references that I understand. <laughs> yeah. Let me make that very clear from the outset. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know... Um, uh, Chicken Ramen or whoever you said does it d- did the second movie. I reckon they Chicken Ramen. I don't know. What do you say? Sam Ramen. Sam yeah. Ramen? I yeah. said Sam Ramey, but yes. Oh, Chicken is, Ramen. Is, is he the one whose script is all in rhyming couplets? Is that why uh, they call him Sam Ramen? You're going to have to give me like three examples. Is that why? Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, uh, well, hang on. Name, name one of his movies for me. Uh, the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Um... um Oh no, said Fred. Here comes the Evil Dead. Alright, Spider-Man 2. Um, and then Spidey's uncle died. He cried, he cried, he cried. These rhyming colors aren't very good. Does Spider-Man's uncle die? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's like the whole thing is Spider-Man's uncle, uh, what's his uncle's name? Why am I asking you? You don't know. It's, <laughs> oh no, wait. It's, um, isn't it Uncle Alan or something uncle like that? Uncle Owen? Uncle Owen. Owen. Or is that Luke's uncle? Is it, are there two Owens? Is that uncle? Is that Luke's uncle in Star Wars? And then there's this uncle you, Ben. You, you uncle really Ben? Uncle Ben? Is it Uncle Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the, he invented the rice franchise before he died. Okay, Uncle okay. Ben's rice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Uncle Ben and Jerry. Yeah, sure. I love their ice cream. The rice cream. Okay, so another thing that I thought was interesting in this episode, we're introduced for the first time. To Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney. And something I'd forgotten yeah. in the early seasons is that these characters have a bit more nuance than they do in later seasons. Like, That's later on, they're part of this sort of bully fraternity with your boy Nelson. Your boy. But at this point, we've already met Nelson. He's the school bully. These are just bad kids. They're not yeah. bullies. No, they they're yeah. a very different dynamic. They're just sort of like... The kids that, you know, you can see why Bart would think they're cool. They mm. they skip class. They probably smoke. Mm. They're probably, you know, having a lot of sex, I imagine, especially Kearney because he has a kid. It's, uh, yep. It comes up later, but I'm sure it's canon at this point. Story checks out. Yeah, there are, you know, maybe they're going off on adventures with like a Doc Brown sort of figure. I don't know. There's, sure. there's some stuff going on here. It is interesting. I'd forgotten 
that they were separate from Nelson initially. Mm. Um, I'm always surprised by that. What I, what else I was surprised by tonight is I've been trying to do this thing with my hair where I like grow it. <laughs> I long. like that you're sweeping your hair like right now. This is not a video podcast. I'm making, no, I'm making it super visual for you. I've been, sure. I've, so the look I want is a horrible look and I don't recommend anyone gets it and I shouldn't be getting it myself, but basically I want the kind of, um, blanket of hair that Dolph has, but I didn't realize that what I should be saying is going into a hairdresser and saying, give me the Dolph, uh, until tonight's episode when I saw Dolph again. I'm like, oh, that's, that's what I want. I want Dolph. But give if you ask for Dolph. the Dolph, they'll give you the Dolph Lundgren, Who? which, which means, uh, you know, they, You'll come in, you'll ask for the Dolph, and instead of cutting your hair, they'll just knock you out. <laughs> Rocky Four, probably the worst. Actually, not the worst Rocky film, but it's not very good. Anyway. Oh, is that the one developed by Sam Hyman or whoever you meant before? <laughs> now, you think of uh, Rocky Seven, Adrian's Revenge? Oh, uh, Adrian! Yeah, exactly. Revenge! But... <laughs> Are you doing Milo Kerrigan? <laughs> Couple of days. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. I've gone... I've gone deep into my own references. This is also the first appearance of Apu on the show, a character oh. that we would realize like 25 years later is kind of a problem. Yeah, I because ha- it's Harry Shearer that does the voice of Apu, is that right? I think or it's Hank Azaria. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling- We really that- should do research, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Um, no one on the internet. I mean, it's no. definitely not an Indian man. <laughs> we no. know that much. Yeah, it's it's not. And- yeah, I feel like these days that wouldn't that wouldn't fly. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they've definitely. I think one of the recent episodes is kind of about this. I haven't watched it because oh, really? it's not legally available here, and uh, you know who would pirate only a monster? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't seen it, but apparently there is an episode that addresses it. But the first time I really thought about it, and this is kind of surprising even to me, is like a year and a half ago. When the Netflix series Master of None had a whole episode about, like, uh, issues with casting Indian people within cinema and the fact that they used to just get white people to do it a lot of the time. And right. they used Apu as an example, and it hit me like, holy shit, I never actually thought about this. Mm. This is actually an issue. Mm. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if there are any other uh, underlying social issues in The Simpsons that we perhaps have ignored until now. Typical SJW nonsense, Nick. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I don't really think that, though. I think social justice is very important. I just think if you're going to insult someone, calling them a social justice warrior is a pretty fucking epic insult. Yeah. Like, as in, like, it. who, who, who wouldn't want social justice? And I mean, warriors are okay. He doesn't love being a warrior. Or warrior. You know, I was about to say, I'd much rather be a social justice warrior. You know, there's like oh, a whole that's like... so funny. You know, there's a whole like Tumblr account I've dedicated n- to that. I there's, did not know no, that. No, that's like a, an actual thing online, social justice warrior. Oh, I did not know that. Warrior being the uh, yellow suited nemesis wow. of Mario in the... Mario video game series, I'm sure people aren't particularly familiar with because they're not nerds like me. Yes, you're right. You are special. Yeah. Do you think people have worked out that I'm a nerd at this point? Does that shirt say hang on, man? <laughs> that's an awfully visual gag. I'm wearing this shirt right now that says, uh, hey, Nong Man, which is a reference to comedy Bang Bang that uh, my good friend Nick bought me. He's not here. So, but um, who? Yeah, I've I get comments on this shirt, but they're always just people looking at the shirt and saying, what the fuck is that? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> good shirt what the hell does that what mean? the hell does that mean so but hangs out with his new bad boy buddies and uh they look at the you want to start a boy band group called the bad boy buddies i'm already in a band with that name so i i, I mean if you want to this is awkward yeah i mean it's um mostly your friends they like me better so we started a band uh... anyway they look at the statue they start sure. talking about cutting off its head as you do when you're looking at statues, because statues are fucking awful, and I think that's the real message of this episode. A man runs out and yells at them. Did you notice the name of the store that the man came out of? No. It was called Candy Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is is this implying that the man selling the candy is some sort of dandy or is the candy itself dandy why is it not called dandy candy that would be a much better name do you reckon next to it there's a cleaning shop called the fop mop shop the fop mop shop like dandies and fops i think it's a distinct possibility i hope so well further on in the episode uh what am I going to say next? I, I've, got, I've got these notes here, you see. And I'm I've, really got, I've, I've, I've got two notes. So far, one of them's crossed out. <laughs> it, the first one says Dolph's hair. Cross. <laughs> You're crossing your notes out as you go? Yeah, man. We run a tight ship around here. How else am I going to know if I've already spoken about Dolph's hair? Going back to the statue. Sure. Bart cuts his head clean off. Seems to come off pretty easily. He runs out there with a hacksaw. I don't know how a kid is just going out at night with a hacksaw that his parents noticing, but whatever. No, it was the 90s. He hacks off the head, he carries it around. People are distraught about this, very upset about this statue and its head missing. And, my the, question ter- to- and, and the terrifying strength of a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> my question to you, though, Nick, is, do statues matter? <laughs> no, they don't. And this is one of those things, did statues matter in the 90s? I don't know that statues have <clears throat> ever mattered this much. You know, I think there are two things, two universal constants about things that don't matter, right? Statues and juggling. Statues and juggling? Has anyone ever been impressed by juggling? I think it depends on what is being juggled and how many. No, because even if you say seven chainsaws, I'm not interested, right? I'm just, maybe I'm just super jaded when it comes to juggling but if some maybe if someone was juggling statues i'd give them a pass on that uh i'd i'd at least raise one of my several eyebrows um but statues no they don't matter and you know what if one of the statues in because what i like to do is compare springfield the town and the simpsons live in to adelaide the town that i live in and if someone took a head off one of the statues and I saw a thing about it on the news, I reckon my first thought would be, no, don't recognize that at all. And then even if I did recognize the statue, or if they said, you know, this is in Victoria Square, the main kind of square in our CBD, I'd be like, well, how long has that statue been there? Because I don't recall paying any attention to it. I feel like part of my reaction would be, how the fuck did they get away with that? How did they get away with it? And why did they bother? Like those stories you hear when somebody like steals a bridge or something. I mean, that's happened, is I'm that, pretty sure. Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm just bringing it up from memory, so I don't know any of the details, but I'm sure I saw a story about somebody stealing a bridge. Wow, that's fun. I mean, I feel like the most reaction you can have to a bridge, be- not a bridge, a statue being decapitated is, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's unfortunate they did that. I guess they'll just have to replace the head. And I suppose the other reason why that whole storyline holds nothing to me is the way in which everyone holds up Jebediah as this, like, mythical superhero. I'm not interested in superheroes. Superheroes heroes are boring as hell to me. Um, and so the way is that they- Is this going to turn into a Marvel <clears throat> movie rant? No, I haven't seen them. Okay, they're fine. They're pretty good. Did they do Ant-Man? They did an Ant-Man. Who controls the fish? I can't keep stealing other podcast catchphrases. You've seen, which one have you seen? Man of Steel? Oh. About that man that oh. was made out of steel? You mean Jesus? Yeah. Whole thing was Jesus just- Jesus versus Michael Shannon. Whole thing was just a big Jesus thing. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's Superman's whole deal, basically. But isn't that all superheroes' deal? Aren't they all Jesus? Even Ant-Man? I mean, okay. which which passage in the Bible is that? <laughs> and the Lord doth uh, shrink thyself into an ant. And he was able to lift it many times his own weight. And the apostles did cheer him on. Woo. Yeah. I was, I was being the apostle. Okay, sure. Man, I, I do not know much about the Bible, but um, I maybe it happens. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, the story of David and Goliath. This sure. is slightly unrelated, but whatever. It's my podcast and I'll do what I want. The story of David and Goliath. I was in the bathroom the other day. And I, was, <laughs> what? I don't know why this occurred to me, but I thought, wait a minute. Whenever I've thought about David and Goliath, I've always thought about like a guy and like a giant. Do they ever clarify in the Bible that it's a giant or is it just like a much larger uh, man? Uh, no, I've... Because it's oh, it's Old Testament, which means it surprise, surprise, it's made up. 
and bullshit. Okay. Um, and it could, I, I'm fairly certain that it's an actual giant. I'm increasingly worried about how many people we could be alienating on this episode. Can I do a quick Google search for how tall was Goliath? Sure. I'll do it with voice search. Right. How tall was Goliath? What does it say? How tall was Goliath? Uh, Goliath's stature, as described in various ancient manuscripts, varies. The oldest manuscripts, the Dead Sea Scroll text of Samuel, the first century historian Josephus, the fourth century Septuagint manuscripts. Uh, what? They gave his height as four cubits in a span, which is six foot nine. So he's just a very tall man. Well, how tall was David? <laughs> he was 6'4". <laughs> he was also quite large. How tall was David? You're kidding. His exact height is not given, but he was a head taller than anyone else in all Israel, <laughs> which implies he was over six foot tall. <laughs> so you've got a six foot versus a six foot nine? Yeah. That's Ridiculous! That story, that story has been what? I'm so glad you made me look that up. I'm glad I put this up apropos of nothing. <laughs> I have always pictured that as like you know, little tiny boy with his Dennis the Menace yeah. pouch slingshot thing, and then you know, bloody a building. Statues really are bullshit. I'm flummoxed by the, the height difference between them is less than the length of a regular <laughs> foot-long sub. That's your measurement? <laughs> Not just less than a foot, less than a foot-long sub? <laughs> I find it more... I find using... I do that a lot for inches. I find it more tangible. Look, they're really, they're really caught up in this whole statue thing, but doesn't Springfield have much bigger issues to deal with at this point in the show? And as we've covered here, Homer is some sort of you know, murderous figure stalking mm. the town. Uh, there's some sort of time travel thing going on, which is maybe why the episode starts and ends at the same place. Oh, the flashback thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. We know that Dr. Colossus is probably running wild over the whole town. I think we've established that pretty well. How else do they quick so quickly form a frothing mob? Yeah, just out of nowhere. Mind control. And then when In the water supply. reattaches the head at the end... There's no welding going on there. There's no welding. I'm going to cross off my second note. There's no welding. And it just sits there perfectly. Has that been a note on every episode so far? (laughs) You're just concerned at lack of welding? Do you reckon... I mean... I mean, there's some welding in, like, season three, I think, so you'll be happy when that happens. I can't wait. But but let's put World Watch to one side for a moment. (laughs) Because do you think... Widget the World Watcher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy that used to watch out for all the worlds. That was his deal, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And his early nineties <laughs> kids will remember this. Oh, with with the, the human that used to look after him. Wasn't her name Mig or Tig? Those are the two types of welding machines. Was there a human in there? <laughs> yeah, he had a human buddy. Wait, is this real? There was wait, a, uh, just, there wait, were kids uh, named after welding equipment. In I, there? <laughs> no, there was uh, okay, sorry. No. Here's how that joke worked. There weren't <laughs> kids there, there were kids in Widget the World Watcher. They weren't named after welding equipment, but I thought it would be funny if they were. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. Now, uh do you think Norman might have been in the uh Norm Watch? Do you think Norman might have been in the frothing mob? I think we see Norman's father in this episode. If you notice uh, in the bit where oh. they go into the the retirement village and they're all sitting around, there's one man who looks like a cauliflower. Just this real yeah. weird guy with like really p- like pinprick eyes and he's got like I- a cauliflower instead of hair and he's got a severe overbite. I don't know. I get the real Norman vibe from that dude. Yeah, I'm going to clock that as Norman's father. Norman being, uh, for people who haven't been paying very strict attention to this podcast, and why would you? Uh, the guy <laughs> in the very first episode that Homer walks past as he's going to his seat to watch the school nativity play. We've been thinking a lot about Norman since he first appeared because it seems like there was something going on there. Yeah, because it's a character that I'm fairly sure never appears by name in the the rest of the series. So I'm on constant Norm watch. Yeah. Constant. So at the end of the episode, Homer's boss and his school teacher both confirmed that they no longer want to kill Bart. 
Mm. which is strange. This is a strange episode, wall to wall, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone leaves, everyone's happy, everything's fine, as it tends to be. My question for you, Nick. Sure. Having watched this episode, having taken in everything that happened, how many statues have you fucked up just today? Oh, 19. Yeah? I reckon that's, I reckon that's about fair. Yeah, because I know that um, when I got here, you were at the front in your car with a rope tied around that statue out there and just revving the engine, trying to pull it down. See, the problem is I like playing the Just Cause franchise of video games. Yeah. And so then I went out and bought myself a little bloody lasso. Sure. Just like Rico. And then I just go around pulling statues down. In the later and episode. And saying, saying Rico-style things like, Oh, too close for comfort. Hey, guys, it's me, Rico. I'm the star of this game. In the later episode when all the billboards come to life and all the giant statues start attacking, is that some sure. sort of revenge, do you think, for this episode? Oh, sugar. Because uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's a treehouse of horror, but it's canon, right? It's can all I, canon. Can I say that's a super long play? Super long play? <laughs> if that is... Is this part of a... Yes. Is that a thing we're doing now? Yeah, you're right. That's exactly... Yeah. No, yeah, we're going to project forward story arcs that may or may not actually arc. And considering all the time travel in this show, in the, you know, the spiral universe sort of thing we have, in the yep. well, it's a donut-shaped universe, really. Everything's, yeah. you know, time is a flat circle is yep. going on. It's yep. like Billy flat Pilgrim circle. unstuck in time. There's a lot of stuff going on yeah, here. Yeah, it's Billy Elliot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's why, um, is Hugh Jackman in that film? No, no, that other Hugh, Hugh Grant. Is he in the film? One of the Hughes is. Or is that about a boy? Are they the same movie? No, they're different. Billy Elliot's the one, the the guy that the the kid that dances a lot, dances in the coal mines until his legs are crushed by a horrible accident. And about a boy is about a guy who was halfway through getting a haircut and then stopped. What about Forrest Gump? What's that about? I believe that's about you know gumption, that cleaning like. That, that putty textured cleaning stuff that you can use in bathrooms. Yeah. It's about a guy that puts that in a forest. I'm pretty sure that entire film is about a white man taking uh, taking credit for the inventions of uh, African Americans. Okay. There's a lot going on in that, you know, that movie. That's a very good point. Um, I've never seen the movie. Okay. Uh, and I know nothing about Wouldn't history. recommend it. I don't know nothing about history, but you know, Forrest Gump with the line, the life's like a box of, oh God, life's like a box of chocolates line. Yeah. Um, that makes, that has always associated in my head with the Whitman's sampler. Cause in my head, they hit Australia at about the same time. That might not be right. The Whitman's sampler is terrible. <laughs> Have you had one recently? All the chocolates in there are gross. <laughs> Just um, struggling to follow you here, but you know, <laughs> you know what goes well with uh with chocolate flowers. You know who provides flowers? Florist Gump. <laughs> so the um, <laughs> so Nick, that was pretty good. What was the next episode oh, we watched? The next episode we watched was uh, Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, did I get the title right? I believe he did, yes. Excellent. Uh, so this is the one where Homer is an unabashed jerk um, and buys Marge for her birthday that he had forgotten, her 34th birthday, which I thought was interesting. Mm. I'm three and a half years away from being Marge's age. Sure. I remember turning Bart's age and thinking that How'd was a that big feel? deal. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. the age of buy now. I can go and gallivant around town and have a good time. You can cut heads off statues. I mean, you were doing that anyway. Yeah, from a very young age. From, I mean, I'm, it's a different culture here in Australia, though. It's just part of what we do. Yeah, I we're mean, statue fuckers, born and raised. <laughs> we're statue fuckers, yeah. born and raised on the plinth is where I spent most of my days. Yeah, sure, and we we caught our bigfoot already. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, where do, we, where do we start with this episode? So, it's uh, Marge's birthday, Homer forgot. Um, we get what I think is the first example of what becomes a Simpsons trope of the sound of someone running out to their car and driving away while the rest of the scene remains frozen. That is always funny. <laughs> it is me. always funny, isn't it? 
I also oh. notice in this opening scene when the kids make Marge breakfast in bed. Oh, yeah. But really efficiently makes a huge fucking stack of pancakes. Yeah, he's really doing well. I mean, they look amazing. I mean, he must have briefly put aside his statucide, as I'm going to call it, um, his statue-killing tendencies, briefly, for the briefest of mornings, just to make pancakes. And if you don't have, like, a big grill, making pancakes, it's pretty easy to fuck them up. Oh, yeah. And get slop all over the place. I've never made a good pancake. Have you noticed my kitchen's three foot deep in slop? You know, I have made one really good pancake. Had it feel? It was like a few months ago, and my sister is still bringing it up, because I made it for her. And so like, she's, last, so last... You've, you've, you've given her chronic food poisoning, she's still bringing it up. <laughs> it's a good gag. <laughs> Thanks. Unlike the gag she was doing when she was <laughs> choking up that pancake. Oh... Oh, you made me! You made me peak the levels with my laughing. Last time I saw her, she said, "Hey, James, remember when you made that really perfect pancake? Like it's like family law now. (laughs) This pancake I made, it's amazing. Yeah, but uh, good work. Yeah, but makes a stack. All of them at least as good as that one perfect pancake I made. Like a pancake so good that I remember it. That's not." common how does it feel to pale in comparison to a cartoon 10 year old boy you know in a lot of ways i pale in comparison to bar <laughs> i think most of us probably do sure so um so homie goes out and buys marge a bowling ball i like that uh when he goes to the shops he passes by the jerky hut and dismisses it as too salty immediately dismisses yeah. it. it doesn't even walk in no. Oh, he knows, he knows Marge's tastes. Yeah, we know at this point that Marge fucking loves jerky as well. Huge fan. Well established. Well established fan. Too salty. Um, is but I mean Homer. Homer's buying her a bowling ball. Is this a direct continuation of the previous episode where he's looking in a catalogue for bowling balls and getting really interested in bowling balls? Because they never followed through on that in that episode. Are they trying to build some sort of continuity? If they are... It's a really odd ploy. Because <laughs> mm. um, I, to be honest, I didn't even think about that until earlier in this episode when you mentioned um, the, the bowling ball thing. Yeah, it's a pure Chekhov's gun thing. You know, you don't plant that Homer wants a bowling ball in one episode if he's not going to buy one in the next. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it could be intentional. Look, I'm going to have to assume that it is intentional. It just seems odd that they would bother, you know? Yeah. This episode, there's a real heteronormative thing going on in this episode where Homer buying Marge this bowling ball, which is a, is completely fucked because she obviously doesn't want it. Oh, yeah. But there is this, I don't know, there's just this odd assumption that because Homer is a woman, she couldn't possibly want this ball. This is not of any interest Marge to her. Marge is a woman. Did I say Homer? You said Homer's a woman. How many beers have I had? Just two? Okay. Just two. They're strong, though. Yeah, they are. It's pretty good. But anyway, yeah, there's... Yes. Um, and there was some other. I didn't. Do you want to take that one again? Notes because I feel like I had other things to say there, but no. <laughs> Do you want to take that one again? No, this is no. barrel straight on through. All right, we'll barrel straight. I'm not on a professional. Through. It's fine. Um, no, it's a really interesting point because not only is there the overriding assumption that Marge doesn't, well, the Marge couldn't want a bowling ball, um, but then there's the weird concern that the whole family has of like Marge spends two nights out of the house. Two nights out of 34 years. Yeah. And everyone goes, well, that's it. The marriage is breaking down. It's on the wow. very first night as well when she says, oh, I'm going to go out again tomorrow. The, like, the ominous music starts playing and yeah. Homer looks a little shaken. And yeah. Things do not look well and you know, Homer can't cook for the kids. He doesn't know how to handle them. He's just a piece of shit. Also, why does he need to cook? Has he seen Bart's pancakes? <laughs> Surely Bart can cook other stuff as well. This is all part of the ongoing, like, little thread in the first season that Bart is actually a genius and nobody's really picking up on it. You know, people. Rabbi has memo! Rabbi has memo! Fuck, I hate that fucking kid. God damn, if I had an eraser, he was drawing in front of me because he doesn't. The only solace I can take is in the fact that he's not real because well, of time travel theory. Yes, only because of the time travel theory. Um,. And then, so Marge goes to the bowling alley out of spite. That was, I wrote that down as my favorite line for the episode uh, when she gets there and they ask if she's interested in bowling. She says, no thanks, I'm just here out of spite. Out of spite. Which is a real driving force in my life as well. (laughs) For bowling? For everything. For everything. I'm only doing this podcast out of spite. (laughs) That's my many enemies. Did you make the perfect pancake out of spite? 
That was more out of love, I guess. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to have a secondary backup driving force, love's an okay yeah. one. But what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Etc. Oh, yep. Um, uh, Marge goes bowling. Meet someone who I have described in my notes as a man who is in desperate need of a lozenge. Jacques. Jacques, who spends the entire episode talking like this to the point where I got extremely frustrated by his voice. Mamma mia, it's a me, Jacques. Now, am I doing that accent right? No, it's more of a, it's more of a, Wah! Wah! Oh, okay. you! Oh, mine was more Wiggum than Wario. <laughs> that was weird. Wah! <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. Jacques is um a really odd, uh, pesty, gross man. Just a real piece of shit. He's like the Pepe Le Pew of Springfield. Yeah, and that um, Marge accidentally gets some paint on her, and he's really into it. He's so into it. He's got this real thing for paint. He's a huge fan of paint. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Can we just cut straight to our favourite line that... Well, my favourite line of the episode, which is the one that Jacques Yeah, this says. is your favourite line and my example of how The Simpsons has ruined my life. So. Yes. So, um, the when Jacques starts giving Marge official lessons, he, he wants her to caress the, the alley, feel the smoothness of the alley. Uh, and there's a wonderful bit of foley work under Marge's hands where she moves her hands very slightly and the foley work goes... <laughs> And it's wonderful. Yeah, but, Mick Foley, uh, sound designer. Uh, yep, Kevin Foley, former South Australian treasurer. Yep, sure. Um, <laughs> Foley artist, only paints pictures of Kevin. <laughs> or horses. Or know, horses. horses. <laughs> wonderful. Um, and then he says, it's so smooth you could eat off it. Marge, are you hungry? She says, yes. And then cuts out to a wide shot of him screaming to the heavens, Four onion rings! Four onion rings! And his accent slips away entirely. Completely. In this and it's my favourite thing, because why are you ordering four onion rings? Why are you not going to the bar to order them? You're just yelling it to the fluorescent lights and hoping that your god of neon gas will bring you four onion rings. And we've we've thought about this probably more than anyone else in history, I want to say. I have a feeling that's the case. We can't work out if he wants four onion rings or four servings of onion rings. Mm. Because both seem like ludicrous amounts. Because... I'm not even to, like what bowling alley is order is is allowing people to purchase individual onion rings. Does that mean I can go up and say, "Oh, uh, nineteen onion rings, please. Seventeen chips, please. <laughs> Three burgers. Wait, burgers are an okay thing to sell by an individual <laughs> unit. Damn. Um, like sixteen milliliters of tomato sauce in this hot dog. <laughs> um, and also, I think the um. The indication from the lead up about how the, the floor is smooth enough to eat off is that they're going to then eat it off the bowling alley. Why four? Is the implication that he wants to go down on her on the floor? What, with onion rings? I mean, maybe afterwards. Wants to be the lord of her onion rings. Yeah. Yeah, is that what's going on there? I don't know. Is but he- then shouldn't he have done it in a more like Gandalfy kind of voice? Four onion rings. I don't know what no, Gandalf. I don't know what Gandalf sounds like. I don't know where I'm going with Have this. Have you ever seen or read Lord of the Rings? I saw the second movie. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I went to the movie. I someone made me go to the movies with them, and I said, I don't know. We'll go see this. So it was your choice. You chose the three-hour second Lord of the Rings film. Despite you, hating cinema? You should know enough about me to know that I didn't know it was going to go for three hours. Sure, okay. Because I think at that point, um, my my kind of general awareness uh, of movies yeah. wasn't up to the point it is now. Now, if there was a three-hour piece of bullshit, I'd know about it. Back then, I didn't. I've got a question for you sure. about this, uh, this episode of The Simpsons. I hope it's about onion rings. <laughs> I feel like we've covered onion rings, but, I mean, we'll come back to them. My question, uh, Jacques tells Marge a joke 
And he says, how do you make a 5-7-10 split? You uh, yell that 8 is a cop. Yeah. explain that joke to me? Oh, you want me to explain that joke to you? I would love nothing more. So, in that situation, pins 5, 7, and 10 are all uh, either criminals or potential criminals. Okay. The eighth pin is between those three. Sure. And so, by yelling 8 is a cop, it will make pins 5, 7, and 10 split. Okay. Which is colloquial vernacular for... Run away from the so area. So, they don't just explode then. No. Did you think that that was a magic trick where they would explode? I actually thought it might be a reference to the M. Night Shyamalan film Split that just came out the other weekend. What? About the guy with the 22 different personalities, I think it is, and the 23rd one's about to be unleashed. Bad film, by the way. Didn't like it at all. Is this another episode? Is this another installment in Simpsons Time Travel? Where they made a direct reference to a movie that came out some <laughs> 27 years after that episode? I mean, it fits everything we've said so far, I think. Is the movie about bowling? It's, you know, the, the characters might be into bowling when they're fe- not doing the things that are happening in the film. Does it feature a character named Jacques? I uh, well, one of the characters has 22 personalities. It's entirely possible one of them is called Jacques. Actually, statistically, they probably are. Yeah. Statistically, about one in 22 people are named Jacques. It- <laughs> I'll take that. Also in this episode, we see Homer, Lisa, Bart, Maggie. They order a pizza for dinner. Sure. Have you ever noticed in American TV shows and movies, people eat... A lot less pizza than we do. One pizza will feed an entire fucking family. See, the thing I find interesting about that is that I then know that, or at least I've heard, that in real life America, uh, you know, our equivalent of like a, a large is I'm fairly certain that some pizza chains in America have a thing called a personal size yeah. pizza, which is our equivalent of a large and if we were ordering, we would maybe we'd get one large one each, but then we'd have we'd be planning for leftovers the next day, right? Sure. Um, so I think real life Americans eat more pizza than we do, but cartoon and sitcom Americans eat far less. The Brady Bunch used to get one slice between them. It's fucking crazy. And you know, I've eaten pizza in America once. How'd that go for you? It was exactly like eating a pizza here, same size, about the same level of topping. It was a pretty fancy restaurant, so, you know, one pizza fed two people wouldn't have fed three. Wouldn't have fed three. Would not have fed three. No. Fed three. My least favorite of the feds. But also, then, you know, calling back to something from an earlier episode, how regularly is that pizza going to get used in a food fight that seems to be happening all the time in America? So you're getting even less pizza in your face for your money. Um, They're... Second, I reckon, second odd-coloured dream sequence that we've seen in The Simpsons so far. Yep. There was Bart freaking out about the train equations a couple of episodes ago, and now we've got uh, red-headed, pink-dressed Marge being serenaded in the grey Art Deco uh, pink-jumpered Jacques house. Yep, imagining Um, Jacques having trophies for fucking. Yeah, that's a a nice touch, I thought, literally. Ba-bang, ba-bang. And then um, they have a glass of champagne. And my notes here, which I'm now going to cross out because I'm about to mention it, is champagne, can I just say, is fucked. Really? I hate champagne. I'm so disinterested in champagne. I have this dilemma. Slash sparkling wine because it's not all necessarily from the champagne area of France. I have a bottle of champagne at home that I was given as a gift and I... Cannot figure out which occasion I'm meant to drink it on. So when I bought this house, I had people tell me, oh, you should have a bottle of champagne. I was like, why would I want something that I don't like? Oh, no, but it's the tradition. I'm like, no, 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 but I don't want it. I actually really like champagne. I just live too boring a life to drink it. Well, that's, my, you, that's my dilemma. Have you won any motor races? Ah, uh, only a handful, you know, only minor circuit races. Could, you could have done it for one of those. Just spray it everywhere. I can imagine you. Yeah, I'd pop the no, top no, no, off and no. get someone in I mean, the drink, eye. I mean, drink the champagne. I'm not talking about spraying it everywhere. A different celebration. Okay. Like before I'd race, you mean? Yeah. Because I got in a lot of trouble last time I did that. What, last time you dr- drank and raced? Yeah. Oh, no. 
Yeah, <laughs> went right into the stand. Same thing happened to Michael Richards. It ended his stand-up career. Oh, my God. <laughs> Was he drunk? I don't know. I just wanted to go on that joke. <sighs> Michael Richards, you should not have done that. <laughs> I mean... You made a lot of bad decisions. Oh, so many. One of my notes here just says, uh, Jucking hell. That's not very good. <laughs> That's just a pun I wanted to make, but there's really nowhere to put it in. <laughs> nowhere to crowbar that one in. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we got there. At one point, Marge uh, packs lunches for the kids, special little lunches. Special little lunches. And we're having a bit of a conversation about this because there's this brown lump poking out of the bags. Yeah. And we're assuming it's meant to be like a French stick or a croissant or something like that. Yeah, maybe, a, maybe a straight croissant because I believe the original yeah. croissant is supposed to be a straight one, not the curvy kind of crescent moon one. So it may be yeah. that. But damn, does it ever look like a sweet potato. It looks so much like a sweet potato. Did you ever just take like a sweet potato to school and eat it like a raw sweet potato? No, and I I, I reckon, I don't know if raw sweet potato is a great thing for kids to be eating. I do like sweet potato though. Sweet potato is great. And you know what really annoys me? When people complain about, you know, like if someone's, if you're with someone at a pub and they're looking at the menu and they go... Oh, great. They do sweet potato chips. Oh, la dee da. Yeah, but the normal chips are there. What if you know what- villain is complaining about sweet potato chips? I know a lot of people in my short but colourful life who complain about good food taking the place of the shit food. But guess what? The shit food's still there. You seem to associate with a lot more villains than I do. Um, yeah, I do associate with a bunch of villains. I'm trying to get away from them. Bunch of villains. So it goes. So we live. So we die. So, at the end of this episode, uh, why do Marge and Homer stay together? I don't know. Um, is it because she likes bowling? It seems to largely boil down to the fact that Homer says he likes her sandwiches. Yeah. And one thing I was asking you while we were watching this episode, because I've never really been able to figure it out, is Marge meant to be a good or a bad cook? Because it seems like the show swings in wildly different directions, but tends to imply that she's actually very bad at it. I mean, what I think is that Marge does a couple of things quite well and then is not good at other stuff. Sure. And I think the couple of things that she does quite well are very not trendy things. Yep. Like like liking potatoes. Like, I just think they're neat. Yeah, don't we all? That's why she put those sweet potatoes in the bag. Oh, it she all makes just sense now. They were neat. Time travel. Time travel. And she wanted to be sweet. By the way, something I forgot to bring up earlier. I've, I've got a little theory here. When they're in the diner, and uh, <laughs> little old Marge, poor little Marge, she passes out when Jacques tells her. <laughs> Tells her that he wants to meet at his place. <laughs> she passes out. Seems like she bangs her head pretty hard. Is the rest of the series from that point on just a coma dream, do we think? I'm uh, <laughs> I'm thinking you're probably right. I think it I think it, it seems is. like a pretty I, I think it's I think it's all a dream. I think yeah. it's all a dream. Yeah. And it's odd, though, because I think it initially started off as being Homer's dream. He was the first the overlapping dream. He was explain the wackiness of the show. Well, but it's interesting that Homer was the first one to suffer this kind of chronic head trauma, I think. Mm. Yep, sure. And then in his dream, he's imagining his family members suffering chronic head trauma and developing their own dream universes. Yeah, it's an Inception sort of setup. Sure. Inception being a movie, so I assume you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's good. Probably don't need to tell you that. Do you think um, there's anyone now, like, laboring under, like, the question of whether Inception is considered a good movie or not? Uh, can, can I do one of my hyper-specific frustrations with I don't Inception? see why not. <laughs> the thing that annoyed me about that is, like, we used to have a word, right? If someone was making, so if someone was making a um, a joke that referenced the format of the joke, 
or if yes. someone was making a comment that in itself was a comment on something. Those were called meta. You could have a meta joke, you could have a meta comment, and it was designed to have an ex- it, it meant something that was designed to have an extra layer of complexity and a deeper layer of meaning. Sure, yeah. We don't have the word meta anymore. Because now a joke that uses the format of itself to explain itself is an inception joke. And a comment that uses the structure of the comment to make a further point about itself, no longer a meta comment. No, those days are behind us. It's now an inception comment. Yeah, I do feel like meta has come back a bit. I feel like maybe this was completely right a few years ago because it used to annoy the fuck out of me as well. Do I need to update my hyper-specific rant? I think maybe you do. I think matter has come back. I think we use it again. But for a long time there, every if anything was inside something else, it was an inception thing. You, you know, couldn't it, just put fucking camembert in your chicken. You were fucking incepting that chicken. If if podcasts have taught me anything, it's that most things are inside baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on first, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> Rosemary. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Inception, pretty good movie. Just uh, fucked up the way we speak about everything for a long time. Everything forever. Every time I would see some Russian nesting dolls, I'd say, oh, it's Inception again. The dolls are inside the dolls, inside the dolls. And I'd pull out my little spinning top and I'd spin it on the table and it would whir around and you never know if it's going to drop or not. What's the other name for those dolls? Babushkas? Yeah, no, the Matryoshka. Mat- what is a? Yeah, no, apparently that means the same thing. They're, huh. in- they're interchangeable words. Babushka and Matryoshka. I'm, I'm, okay. I don't speak Russian. Are we I'm- absolutely said <laughs> It seems like a perilous suggestion to make. <laughs> We're just taking a language we don't know and saying these two words mean exactly the same thing. Matryoshka meaning. So uh, another t- it literally says another term for Russian doll. Okay. So what I've learned there is that Russian doll is another word for for babushka. Sure. Okay. So, Marge, she drives down that ironic street. She sees all the stuff. Yes. She goes to the power plant. Homer Homer picks her up. They go outside. They're not going to be back for 10 minutes. One thing that I really like about The Simpsons is that it establishes early on that Homer and Marge fuck. Oh, yeah. It is very clear that Homer and Marge... Not only fuck, but they fuck pretty regularly and really enjoy it. They regularly visit the Bone Zone. There's even, there's one of the audio commentaries in a later season. One of the writers asked Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge, do you think one of the reasons Homer and Marge stay together is because they have a good sex life? And she immediately says, yes, absolutely, that is part of it. Wow. So they are, they are thinking deep on this, but not as deep. As I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I thought you were going to go somewhere far more filthy then. Where was I going? What did you think? I thought you were going to say, but not as deep as Homer in Oh, okay. I can see why you might have thought that, but, you sex. know, it's a little a little gross, frankly. It's a little blue. You know, just the thought of a penis and a vagina. And but speaking like- of, because I mentioned that was a little bit blue. Yep. Have you had the King Island blue cheese? It is delicious. <laughs> Do we have a sponsor this week? <laughs> no, I just for, I mean, if they want to send me some, I'll eat it. Squarespace, if you're listening, <laughs> we seem to be the only podcast. Don't mention Chobani yogurt. You've done this. You've made this mistake before. Yeah, well, it was pretty good yogurt. I was happy. Yeah, yeah but you had to throw out thousands of dollars worth of food because it didn't fit in your fridge. I anymore. guess I should clarify. I um, I made a joke tweet at Chobani once asking for a bunch of yogurt, and they sent it to me. Probably don't try it yourself. I don't know if they can afford to. Set out yogurt to every fucking hoodlum it was for it. Because they uh, sent you a ludicrous amount, didn't they? Yeah, they sent me about 100 cartons of Shibani. So much yogurt. It was too much yogurt. I I managed to get through about 60 of them by giving some away and just eating a shitload of yogurt and sharing it with my housemate. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about this episode, right near the end, uh, when Lenny's watching and saying, Way to go, Homer! Way to go! It's me, Lenny! There's a dial behind him. Perfect impression. It tips over the dial behind him. It says OK on one side and then danger on the other. Sure. It tips from OK to danger. What are the implications of that? Do we experience nuclear fallout after this? Is there some sort of time travel thing? Do we think this is going to pop up in a later episode? Maybe somebody has to travel back in time to prevent some sort of nuclear holocaustal event? Do you reckon... Well, look, 
Look, I've got two theories on where we can go from here. I'm glad you do. I, I think the first theory is that uh, Colossus has been meddling with the reactors. Oh, fucking Colossus. I know. And Should I have known. And I reckon that's why, that's where the danger is. So yeah. we've got it. So first of all, before mm. we even have breakfast, we've got a bloody Colossus issue to deal with, right? He's in there meddling with the reactors. Lenny's the only one who can save us. He's too busy cheering on his mate who's breakfast. about to. What about Brexit, am I right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, care. Um, um, it's then, really worth interrupting you, by the way. Yes. No, that's fine. Didn't lose my train of thought at all. But then, uh, so that's the first issue, the Colossus issue. Second issue we've got to deal with there is, is it possible that there was actually um, a disaster at the power plant? Sure. Which killed many, yeah, but put some into a comatose state. What are you saying, Nick? And then the rest of the season, from here on, the rest of yeah, is a coma dream. That's why it's so outlandish. That's why everything's so crazy. Oh my god, this is um, this is putting a whole new perspective on everything. That's I reckon. I reckon Homer and Marge. I reckon at some point Homer repainted his car because I don't think that car that pink is a standard color. Okay. And I'm thinking he probably repainted his car with a lead-based paint. I'm thinking that when the radioactive meltdown happened, the lead paint on the car provided just enough protection so that they didn't die or get pregnant. Or get pregnant, yep. but their brains were fried and then they ended up in a coma and from there on Coma dream. So the whole rest of the show, you think, or just the season? Uh, no, the rest of the show. Okay. Rest okay. of the show. I mean, checks out to me. I don't see any logical flaws with any of this. Speaking of um, uh, flaws, yep. you, you use your feet to walk on floors. Uh, you know, if you're in a coma long enough, your uh, toes get pins and needles, and sometimes, like, if they have enough blood lost, depending on the position you're in the coma in, because um, if you're, you know, laying up with your feet up in the air, whatever, sure, yep. uh, you can actually lose your toes, and that's why they call it comatose. Okay. Sorry. That's interesting, because, uh, yeah, usually if I need pins and needles, I just go to the hardware store. <laughs> but this seems like a very different way of going about it. <coughs> So the end of this episode is pretty clearly meant to be the parody of a parody of a movie, but I have not seen the movie. I don't know oh, what it's I don't a parody know what of. What movie it is? I it's- was going to ask you because I was sure that you, the movie buff among us, would know. <laughs> I mean, I know that the song they're playing is like a an eighties rock version of "Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong." Yep, yeah, sure. Has that song been used in a movie? I'm almost certain it has. This is definitely another one of those moments. I was watching the episode and thought I should have done some what research. Have oh god. Oh, no. Sorry, it picked up too much of you talking then. What are you doing? What movies have Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong been in? Uh, An Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, that's probably it. That's a movie. Should we watch that whole movie now? I don't see why not. It's only 10pm. I think that'll be fun. Alright, let's watch that and then see if it makes any sense. Yep, and then we'll come back and do a little edit on this and say whether it makes sense or not. So we just watched that entire movie. Yep. Yeah. Personally, I uh, it only increased my opinion that movies are a waste of time. My question was, I could, um, I knew who the officer was. Who was the gentleman? Oh, uh, wasn't that? Um, <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got no references. Wasn't that? Um, was it that man who was always like petting people really softly and? Uh, or was that the officer? No, the officer was definitely the one who was inside the office the whole time. Okay. Uh, the gentleman was definitely the one who was always uh, fopping his way about the place. Oh, okay. So he was that... Uh, Hugh Grant? Uh, flicking through my notes. He was the candy dandy. Okay. He was the candy dandy. Nick, Nick, Nick. Yeah. Are we over committing to this bit? I'm not convinced it's working. I don't know. Can we roll it back a bit? I don't know what we're doing here. Okay, let's I'm super fucking tired. <laughs> should we um should we jump to the end of this episode? Maybe? I think we should jump to the end of the episode. Alright, so um 
Alright, so I've set up, this is, now that this is into episode 5, I thought I should get around to setting up an email address and a Twitter account. That's handy. Yeah, so if anyone is fucking listening to us at all and wants to get in contact with us, and frankly I don't see why you would, but uh, uh, our Twitter handle is Key Springfield. Key Springfield. Really glad I remembered that, and our email address is pods in the key of springfield or one word at gmail.com so you can contact us with any angry vitriol you might be feeling you can call us social justice warriors and yell at us and tell us we're responsible for the breakdown of society you don't want any fucking politics in your ears there's really any number of reasons you might want to contact us yeah i suppose Tell us to go get fucked. I imagine that's what most of the emails are going to be. Oh, uh, I mean, if people have their own, uh, their own Colossus theories. Yep, absolutely. Their own time travel theories. Yep. Their own theories on who Norm is. Their own theories on us ripping off other podcasts we haven't actually listened to. You know, yes. that sort of thing. It's, uh, I, I can't wait to hear all of them. Yeah. So yeah, uh, hit, hit us up if you want to, or just leave us alone. It doesn't really matter either way, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Thank you for listening. I assume, uh, we, as of episode five, we haven't actually put anything online yet. So, uh, no. if anyone is listening by the time this one goes up, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, keep Simpsoning. That's not a good catchphrase. Should we have a catchphrase that we end on? Oh, uh, we, we, I don't know if you remember, we tried to end one of the early episodes with a catchphrase, but I don't like mine and I want to change it. Okay. What was it? Mine was, um, noodles want noodles. Oh, yeah. And mine was a woozle wazzle. Yeah, I think so. Um, wow. I'm, I now want to replace noodles want noodles with, Cease that infernal tootling. Cease that infernal tootling. Okay, well, woozle wuzzle, everyone. <laughs> and a woozle wuzzle to you all. Look, if you're on a classic, why change? <laughs> so I just talk at about this level, mm-hmm. which is probably my standard level. Standard level. Standard level. Standard when I see level. the happy faces smiling back at me. See, I was thinking. Standard level. Standard level. Better let somebody love you. I know there's no greater feeling than normality with your levels. Hold me closer, standard level. Alright, I guess that's well, the mic check. That's all we've got time for this week. Can we stop for a brief second while I go do a wee? Yeah, sure. Pausing. Make sure to edit this part out of it. This is not part of the podcast. I don't know why I'm committing to the Jeopardy theme. <laughs>